0: turn their retirement goals into reality and improve their lives. And now, here's your host, Ross Brannan. Welcome to the show. My guest today is Stephen Hatcher. Stephen is a practicing dentist at Triad Dentistry in Greensboro, North Carolina. He is a University of North Carolina alum and received an impressive research grant while attending there. He served with the armed forces at Fort Meade and has earned many military honors and awards. He's an active member of many dental associations, such as the Academy of General Dentistry. And today he is a guest on the Financial Flossing Podcast. Stephen, thanks for coming on.
1: Hey, great to be here, Ross. Good to see you.
0: You too, man. So uh, let's jump right in. Uh, You and I have known each other for several years, and you have a little bit different track than a lot of people. So tell me from the beginning, what made you want to become a dentist?
1: Honestly, the thing that made me want to become a dentist first was originally I was going to go to uh, medical school. And I remember, you know, being at a dental visit in college and my my family dentist was like, you don't want to do that. He's like, you'll make a lot of money, but you'll never have any time to enjoy it. He's like, that guy, I go to the beach every single weekend. And um he's like, that guy over there, that physician over there, he's he's always working. He never has any time off. So come watch me and let me know what you think. So i uh, I saw how I went to go shadow him. I was like, oh, I could do, he made it look easy. I was like, I could do this. And uh, what attracted me was like work with your hands and um, helping someone's self-esteem. And I was like, oh, work with your hands, be your own boss, you know, uh, create your own future. You know, this, this sounds like a good fit for me.
0: That's pretty cool right there. So talk about your military service. What motivated that? And was that part of your plan with dentistry and how, how that fit in with everything? Well...
1: My dad was prior, he was special forces enlisted. And he always told me, you're never going in the army. You're never going in the army, even as an officer. And so I had no intention of going into the service. And as soon as I got into dental school, he called a recruiter and wanted to see if there were scholarships. And there were, and I applied. And I started doing my due diligence, which is a key word in life, check up on things. And I talked to some dentists that had gone through it. And the realities of the private sector, you know, right when you would graduate from dental school and, you know, I was thinking, the, well, I could get my school paid for, make a modest salary and really hone in on my craft, you know, for four years. And what's wrong with that? And so, you know, I'm a long term thinker, you know, in the short run, you know, it would have been better. Uh, but in the long run, it paid huge dividends because the training that I got in the Army is second to none. And they they wanted to train you so that the special training that I did in the Army, they wanted to train you so that if they sent you downrange to Iraq, Afghanistan, something like that, anything that came in your door, you needed to be able to handle. So, yeah, that's paid huge, huge dividends for me in uh, the private sector.
0: So you were there for four years. Did you get deployed at all?
1: Um, I don't know if I'd call it a deployment, but I was stationed in Korea south korea and i was 10 kilometers from um, the dmz and uh, a little tense up there the only there was one base that was more that was closer to north korea and you could literally from camp greaves you could literally see the um, north korean flag from that base my base 10 kilometers back i don't think you could see it at least i don't remember Uh, but we were we were pretty close
0: so describe your practice and the service you offer to patients. You're you're a general dentist, but a lot of general dentists are typically cleanings and cavities and maybe a little other stuff. You're you're a little a little bit different. Talk about that.
1: So I would, you know, describe it with in one word as just comprehensive. You know, the only thing that we really don't do is ortho. Um, but you know, just about anything that someone needs, you know, whether it's um you know, an endo or a complex, uh, restorative, you know, IV sedation, you know, just about, you know, anything anybody needs, you know, we'll, we can, we have the bandwidth and the the skill, the skill set to do it. Well,
0: talk about the philosophy of being comprehensive, uh, because in my experience, very few generals are comprehensive in that, in that way. They would rather refer it out. Uh, so what was your thought process behind that?
1: Well, it's, there's two ways, two ways I think about comprehensive. One is, you know, looking at, you know, looking at everything. And then the the other side of it is having a comprehensive skill set. So on one hand, I have, um, I believe I've spent a fortune developing myself in many ways, clinically and professionally for my clinical skill set, which is, you know, on the comprehensive side. Uh, as being a whole holistic uh, practitioner and then, you know, offering comprehensive treatment to patients. But like, I also will say that early in my career, you have to meet people where they are, you know? So like um, somebody, I don't, I don't know, somebody may need a lot of work or they you know, they may need a lot of stuff and you can blow them out of the water, but just meet people where they are and give them what they want. And then, you know, Excel and, you know, whatever that, particular problem is it's, you know, bothering, bothering that patient, take care of that. And then you have a chance to, um, to do, you know, more, more stuff, but sometimes people get so focused in them. well, I got to do everything. I got to tell them everything that's wrong and they may not be ready for that. Just like you sometimes I'm sure with your, you know, with some of your clients, you know, I'm sure sometimes like, you know, they could benefit from, you know, complete planning, but they may only want, XYZ product or, you know, right. you know, whatever. So you got to meet them where they are.
0: No, that, that, that's a good point. Um, so I know you're an avid learner and I know that you love to stay ahead of trends and really kind of be uh, on the forefront of where the industry is going. What do you see happening in the industry and how are you positioning you in your practice?
1: I see solo practitioners going by the wayside. I think it's it's still going to be possible. You know, to be a, a solo practitioner, but I don't think it's going to make a lot of sense. Um, I see a lot of consolidation. You know, there's a lot of, um, you know, there Wall Street is yield starved right now, and there's no safe yield, so there's unintended consequences, in my opinion, of that. You know, with bond yields being so low, so people are, you know, Wall Street's looking for stable cash flow, so a lot of people are buying up dental practices.
0: So you're speaking of the DSO infiltration of the industry, correct? Correct. And so we have a mutual friend who said hit poop predicts in five years, seventy five percent of dental practices will be owned by DSOs. What is your thought on that?
1: I don't think it'll be that high. I, okay. I really don't. I, I think that's um, unrealistic.
0: So, how long have you been practicing?
1: So I graduated in '02 and. I started here and the practice I'm at now in 08.
0: Okay. So if you were graduating from dental school today, do you think you would be able to replicate what you have done? Or do you think the industry is so different uh, in the last 15 to 20 years, the evolution that um, it would be hard to replicate what you've done?
1: (laughs) It was hard a few years ago. But could it be done? Absolutely. It could still be done. You, the problem is, or the challenge for most people is their belief system and who they believe and who they read and who they listen to. Um, but there's always room for excellence. There's always room for growth. I just think that an ab- there's an abundance. Uh, I believe to my core, I believe that. Could it be done? You know, a- absolutely. Um, would it be easy? I don't think anything worthwhile is easy.
0: So I, I know you do a lot of um, personal development outside of dentistry. Talk about that uh, and really how that's helped you achieve the success you've achieved in, the, in, the, in your uh, practice.
1: You know, everything is, it's all mindset. And it's, I've tried to learn and model from, you know, the people in the top, top of the industry, you know, of my industry. You know, so I'll meet somebody and they'll they'll give me um, they'll start telling me why they you know can't be successful in their their current position and I'll challenge them on that and I'll say there's gotta be somebody in your in your field, your industry who's crushing it who you look up to in your field. And I said, can you think of you know I had this conversation a couple of weeks ago with someone and he was he thought about it. He goes, Yeah, there's you know, thought of a few people I was like, well go talk to them. Find out how they did it. You know, they probably hired a coach. They probably didn't figure it out on their own. You know, when you try to figure things out on your own, you got a sample size of one versus, you know, you can leverage other people. Most people think only think of leverage in terms of financial leverage. Like, oh, I put 20 percent down on my house and the bank gave me another 80 percent. People only think of leverage that way. But there's way more powerful leverage, in my opinion, knowledge, you know, learning from others, reading books. I mean, that's the ultimate leverage is knowledge and other people's experiences. Versus a sample so, size of one.
0: So if we kind of go back to your practice for a minute, because people don't really understand, they, they may have an understanding of kind of, they don't know you. How many days a week do you, are you in the office?
1: Well, that's getting ready to change, but uh, by November, I'm going to be two days a week.
0: And currently you're what now?
1: Currently I'm four, but there's some... Right. So I, I, there's some health reasons why I have to be there, you know, more than I want to right now. But by November one, I should be two days a week going forward.
0: But how many weeks a year are you traveling? Or how many weeks a month are you traveling? Because every time I talk to you, you're typically going on an airplane or a different country.
1: Yeah. Or a I mean, somewhere. We, probably um, about nine weeks, you know, probably, you know, nine weeks. I think in 2019, I think we went to like nine countries. Right before, you know, once COVID hit, I was looking back. I was like, "Man, we went to a lot of places. I'm glad we did that before um, everything shut down."
0: So that's four days a week, but you're out at least nine weeks traveling, and that's probably not including you know holidays if you if you stay in town. So you've structured a practice that really gives you the best of both worlds. You can go as you please, travel, vacation with your family, and earn a phenomenal income. And so. In my experience, and you and I have had this conversation before, you know, when we talk about specifically general dentists, and I'm, I'm putting you in that category for now, um, sure. you'd see people who, who make a good income, not an extravagant income, you know, maybe 250 to 350 if you will. And in essence, they kind of own a job. It's a good job, but they kind of own a job. And then- You and I have some friends who are generals who are well in the seven figures. And the difference is they're basically business owners who just happen to be a licensed dentist. Talk about the the mindset difference between the two and, and and also like working in versus working on your practice.
1: Well, the seven figure guy, first of all, believes it's possible. You know, I'm catching the, you know.
0: a theme. I'm catching a theme here.
1: <laughs> yeah, mindset. You know, so they believe, you know, like thoughts are powerful. People don't give enough credit to thoughts. Thoughts are one of the most powerful forces It's that we're let, me, in. let me
0: let me give a real quick plug. Are you familiar with Kevin Elko?
1: No. Do I need but
0: to he, be yes? He re he works with Nick Saban in Alabama. Okay. Uh, and he um he he works with Nick Saban in Alabama. He's got a, a relatively new book out called Seeing is Believing. And he does a lot of stuff in, in different industries, speaking to public public people. You would love it. I, I'm, I'm making my daughter read his book, Seeing is Believing, right now because she has a tournament coming up. But anyway, go on about belief systems, seven-figure guys.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, because, like, everything begins with a thought. So thoughts lead to actions. Actions lead to... Uh, over time, lead to behavior. Behavior over time leads to character. Character over time determines your destiny. But, you know, your destiny started a long time ago with a thought, you know. So people have a thermostat, you know. So most people, you know, are uh, comfortable at a certain range, you know. So like their bank balance, you know, they probably, there's a certain amount of money that people like to have in their bank balance. And there's a something called a deserve level. And, you know, the guy who makes 250. 300 thinks that's what he deserves. And um, he will sabotage himself through belligerent, self-defeating actions that will prevent him from making more than that. And if it goes below a certain amount, he's like, no, I'm a $250,000 guy, you know, then he will do things to bring him back up. So that thermostat, you know, that belief system is, um, it's real, and it's It's really powerful. And one of the things that I would say is like, I really um, am am very intentional about what I allow to come into my brain. So I don't like, I literally don't watch the news. I control the input. You know, I choose the books I'm going to read. I have a morning routine. You know, I read the Bible just about every single day, chapter corresponding monthly, you know, uh, Proverbs. And, um, you know, I control and I choose what i put into my brain uh, because that's going to affect your thoughts you know so if you're if you're watching the news i get my news from memes you know so like somebody (laughs) so i have an idea what's going on but i'm like oh okay we have a um a transsexual person and then the head of government now okay you know so that's i mean that's i'm serious i i i i I don't watch network news i you know kind of get the when things something really bad happens you know figure somebody will tell me but i really have not you know watch network news maybe every four years when the elections come around, I want to see who's gonna win. But I focus on my economy. I don't focus on the economy. I focus on what I can control. I can't control interest rates, can't control what China that's, doing.
0: That's really good right there. Say that again. Your economy versus the economy. Yeah. That's the only thing I
1: can focus on. It's my economy. I focus on what I can control. I can control,
0: you know, the So you're market. you're very much Dictating what you're going to do to the world or in the world versus letting the world dictate to you what's going to happen to you. So exactly. So yeah, yeah. and so you say in your opinion that is probably the biggest difference between the seven-figure earner and the two fifty to three fifty earner.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
0: So talk a little bit about um, what do you do or what have you done for personal development outside of you know you know, industry training. You and I have talked a little bit about this before, but what are your things you've done in the past?
1: Uh, you know, I think, Jim, I work really hard on myself. And, you know, I think the late Jim Rohn said that work harder on yourself than doing your job and you can make a fortune. And I don't think there's a better um, ROI out there. You know, some people will approach me about investments and, you know, where to put money and how to invest and that sort of thing. And, I tell everybody, you know, your best bet, your best investment is you. There's no better, there's no better ROI than investing in you. And that's where it's at. So like, you know, Tony Robbins, Bob Proctor, Jim Rome, I mean, all that stuff, you know, it's there. And, and the other thing is I've hired coaches, you know, so I've had um, experts at, the, you know, the top of the field help me get to to where I am.
0: And those coaches weren't, they weren't cheap, were they? No,
1: no, they weren't. Well, I think they're cheap. I,
0: I, I know where you're going. You're like, the, your ROI wasn't that much, but at first glance, a lot of people might get sticker shock at the cost.
1: Yeah. Most people, most people would. Um, but you know, not once you have the knowledge, you have it for, for as long as you're living. So it's really, they really should be charging more than they do. And, but you do your due diligence and you, you know, you find other, um, other people, you know, but the, the things are the same, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a dental practice, you got a medical practice. I mean, it's business is business. And every single business, um, the chokehold point is usually the owner, you know, so the owner, nobody, you know, I just tell you, I, you know, this friend of mine has a siding company and he's, he does really, really well. And, you know, he's made some changes in his business. But before that, I mean, he was the chokehold. You know, like nobody could do quotes as good as he could. Nobody could talk to the customers as good as he could. And if if you have that um, belief system and, and and you believe that, you're always going to be limited. You know, and it doesn't matter the industry. It literally doesn't matter. It's the same. It's the same thing.
0: Right. Let me let me change gears here. Uh, you recently had an offer from a dso uh dso's are buying practices everywhere at high multiples lots of people you know lots of people have sold i know lots of people have sold uh, for large numbers you had a really good offer and you almost sold but then you backed out talk about that talk about your rationale there cuz a lot of people probably wouldn't have done what you did so t- talk about that
1: well you know curiosity You know, I was just curious, you know, because, you know, you you hear these stories and it was um, a relative financially, it was cheap to see what, you know, just kicking the tires to see what you could get. I'm just curious. But ultimately, and everybody should go through that exercise, just see what you would get. But ultimately, if you work, you know, whatever a payback is, You know, four or five years, you're exactly where you were to begin with. So people are, you know, selling the golden goose, you know, that lays the egg. And, you know, that's it right there. I mean, why would you? You know, you've got a great, there's a reason, there's a reason they want it. And for some people, it might be solving a problem, but, you know, define that problem and ask, like, well, what problem are you going to be solving for me? You know, Because it's they have uh, way more sophisticated lawyers and accountants and, you know, that sort of thing than than you could ever dream to have. And it's not going to work out in your favor. It's really not. And um, as these things get rolled up, I know some people that have been involved in those, the culture gets shittier and shittier. And um, so I'm, um, you know, I have no intention to ever sell to an organization like that, you know, I'm going to do a a non-traditional approach, but it's not in your favor, you know, but if you're like 60, 65, it depends on what you have going on in your life too, you know, like my daughter is going to be nine next month. I mean, I'm not going to work for 10 years, you know, and I think you need purpose. I think the Lord blesses you with skills and gifts and you need purpose in this life and you just can't sit there and count your money all day. You know, you've been blessed with a gift. You need to share that gift. You need to serve and obey. And that's how I look at it. Um, Yeah.
0: I don't think you and I are big retirement people. It doesn't necessarily mean we're going to do what we do until we die. But I just like you and I both know some people in their 40s who have sold for big numbers. And, uh, you know, it sounds cool to uh, I'm going to manage my investments full time. And you may do that but I don't think it's a full-time job for most people. And uh, you're going to get bored.
1: So I'm, you know, have the plan and works to get down to two days a week, Tuesday, Wednesday. And I've got, you know, long weekends on, on the regular uh, work week. And I can focus on, you know, working on, you know, the business, you know, like marketing Monday, but, you know, I'm not going to be in it as much. And I can do that forever, you know? And if I, even if I made fifteen percent less, you know, and I didn't have to real wealth well this time freedom, you know. So, but I, you still need purpose. Like, you know, when COVID shut down, I couldn't work for a couple months because we were mandated to be shut down. I mean, like, that's what retirement looks like. That's that would not be good. I'm with you. You know. Okay. Uh, and the other yeah. thing I would tell you is that people are most. I'm not just going to say it. Most dentists are unsophisticated, and they're not sophisticated thinkers. Well, that's the population in general. It's not just dentists, but they get presented this big number and they don't understand how the math works and they'll play with the numbers and it's like, oh, that's not enough money. And then they'll give them, you know, a higher, you know, initial cash, you know, payout. But then what they do on the other end, it's like a seesaw. And then on the other end, they lower your owner compensation, you know, and they don't realize it's all, they're playing with these, the, the, these numbers, and then they're like, after three or four months, they're like, I'm tired of working for 20% of collections, <laughs> you know? And, you know, but they don't realize it, but it doesn't, you know, the ink is signed, the ink is dried. Now that's your legacy. That's what you're, that's what you're leaving behind. And they're just too unsophisticated to, to realize what happened.
0: That three-year earnout doesn't seem like long when you sign that piece of paper. And then about six months in, it seems like it's eternity. Right. Yeah. So let me uh, let me change gears and ask you a couple of questions here on the tail end that, that I ask everybody. What advice would you give a new dental school grad?
1: I would work really hard on yourself. I'd work really hard on yourself. You know, and that is a broad umbrella term. I would um, learn business. I would learn sales and marketing. And I would I would also focus pretty heavily on you know, your clinical education.
0: Well, whoa, whoa, whoa. sales and marketing. I'm a dentist why do i need to learn sales and marketing if i'm a dentist are you married, are you married? <laughs> i'm
1: married i got five kids so you had to sell yourself to your wife right i mean she just didn't like say you know there. everybody's in sales you,
0: you would know, argue that i had to sell myself to her five times <laughs> yeah 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 i mean everybody's in sales well daniel something. pink has that book to sell as human sales gets this uh Bad rap, but everything you own or use was sold at some point in time. That carpet right behind you was sold by someone, probably multiple times. Yeah. That desk, yeah, that coffee mug.
1: Yeah, now there's ethical ways to do it, and there Absolutely. are. But everybody is in sales, in my opinion. Right. It's not, but you know, people think like, oh, the you know, used car salesman and that sort of thing. And I mean, that's not how we. That's not how I present. I mean, I usually people ask me to do the, to do the treatment, but you got to, you know, dental school is just basics. It's just the absolute, it's like public health dentistry. It's the basics. And if you want to focus, if you want to be independent of insurance companies, you need to focus on what patients want and what patients want is function. They want cosmetics. They want self-esteem, you know, but you don't learn that and four years of dental school. So you need to go to Spear, Panky, Kois, you know, one of those institutes. I spent a lot of time over there and it's fun. I mean, it transforms lives and it's, you know, but you also got to learn how to get off the shelf. So you got to get step one, get it on the shelf. Step two, you know, you need to get the sales and marketing skills over here, you know, so, you know, ideally your sales and marketing skills, you know, would be higher than your, um, you know, your, your clinical ability, you know, most time it's the reverse. And that's why most people, they've got all this know-how, uh, but they don't, they don't, they can't get it on the shelf. They can't get it off the shelf to the patient. If
0: no, if you're the best dentist in the world, but no one knows who you are, you cannot help anybody.
1: Even, but even, even if it's in you, you got, you have like, you know, a couple thousand patients in your practice, you know, you don't know how to present to them. You don't know how to sell to them. You don't know how to ask the right questions, about how they want things to look, you know? So, so you don't even have to go off the street. They're already in your chair. They're already in your practice.
0: Right. Right. So I know you're a big reader. What are you reading right now? Or what did you just finish reading?
1: I finished reading a few things I read um, that were really impactful. One was uh, atomic habits. Uh,
0: Dude, I'm reading that right now. It's phenomenal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great. I read, um, Almost finished with crucial conversations. That's really good. Cybernetics, you know, is a really put that one on there. It's really good. This basically, this plastic surgeon fixed people's uh, disfigurements, and a lot of you know, more often than not, like they still saw themselves disfigured, and he realized like there's a big psychological component, you know. So. Uh, it's an older book but it's really good it's called cybernetics and um you know it just comes back down to to mindset and how you see yourself and how you think about things and then 5 a.m club i you know recently finished 5 a.m club that was really good doing four-hour body the how efficient those workouts are really blowing my
0: mind It is well it's crazy i mean i've got to be honest with you i know he's got workouts in there that are five minutes because i read that a few years ago but I, I kind of like. It. I'd rather have a forty-five minute workout where it at least feels like I'm doing more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know. I, uh, I, I mean, so because it's it's my it's psychological in that regard. So if listeners want to reach out to you, get in touch with you, or connect with you because you challenge their thinking and they're like, "Hold on, this guy is is looking at looking at things differently." How can they connect with you? They don't. <laughs>
1: They don't. I mean, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to meet anybody new. Oh, I am. I, I, <laughs> I do. So I do. It's real it's awesome. simple. You don't. I don't uh, want to talk to anybody like a lot of people are on these things. I do. I, I do these things for for friends, but it's always the same response. Like, I don't want anybody else in my life. Uh, well, uh, but here's but the thing. I, li-
0: li- culture is busy. Life is busy. You can only manage so many relationships. Uh, I was listening to a pastor talk recently. He's like, he gets like 50 people a week asking him, will you be my father? Like my spiritual dad. And he's like, sorry, no, not enough time. I got my own kids. I got my own things. It's yeah. like, it's like, so I, I understand people's desire. He was like, I appreciate the, uh, the, the request, but I, I can't fulfill that need for you. I'm sorry. Which is, which is the best answer you can give somebody. So that's fair. So obviously, you know, um, Stephen is not open to any new friends. However, if you reach out to me, I might could slip you his contact information. <laughs> you
1: Better
0: not. But I'll, tell <laughs> you this. Easy, I'll tell you I'm this. Easy.
1: I'll tell you this. I am. I am writing a book.
0: Oh yeah! Didn't
1: and I? Uh, did I tell you about the
0: title? Well, I think you and I talked about. I was pushing you to do. To, oh, I was remember I was pushing you to do some coaching. But then, if you do coaching, you got new relationships. Yeah, do yeah you can't do that. that. So, uh, What's the title of your book?
1: Retire along the way.
0: Oh yeah, you did mention that. Yeah, that's that's good. That's good. Have you started? writing? Sorry the
1: domain. So I'm going to do it as a you know metaphor. It's going to be a metaphor. Uh, probably have like a couple brothers or a brother sister. You know, it's, there's going to be something like a. It'll be a metaphor like rich dad poor dad is a is a metaphor. But right, I think um, too many people aren't living their purpose and are waiting for to get old to enjoy life. And it's uh, I think it's a shame.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, you know, most people don't realize that retirement is a 20th century invention, basically. Yeah, from the Ottoman Bismarck. Well, like most bad ideas, it came from Germany. (laughs) And you can say what you want about the Germans, but they are notorious for for really bad worldwide ideas that take on. So uh, if you're German, I'm sorry, but... History is history is not on your okay, side. and right. never got so, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it, it was a government idea basically. And it was, it was a German idea. And it was like late 18th, late 1800s, early 1900s. Um, and it really became big in America kind of after world war II. But um, it's, it's almost like it's a right or something. It's in the constitution, like at 65, you're, reti- you're you're It's a right to retire. And so it's like, right. And honestly, some people are probably getting offended just hearing us talk about it like this. And, and it's just like, I just think there's a better way. And and of course, my view is really very much shaped by my dad's early retirement and seeing what he did to his life. And so that's another topic for another day. So we'll kind of end it there. Stephen and I could talk for hours because we're we're friends outside of this, but it's been fascinating to talk to you. I learned a couple of things that I, I didn't know about you. And I want to appreciate, or thank you for being here today. I appreciate your time. Hi, right, man. Good seeing you. All right, guys, you've been listening to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brannon. We'll tune in for the next episode. This has been another episode of Financial Flossing with Ross Brannon, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. For more on Ross Brannon, visit rossbrannon.com. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and
1: their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or North Florida Financial, and opinions stated are their own. Ross is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ, 3664 Coolidge Court, Tallahassee, Florida,
0: 32311, 850-562-9075. Securities products and their advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC, financial representative of the Guardian
1: Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Arkansas insurance license number 16139032. California insurance license number 0L10073. 2021-124595 expires 0623.